0: Our text this morning is found in Ephesians 4, verses 22 to 24, and I would certainly encourage you to open your Bibles and follow along. When I preach in our different AFLC churches, I always encourage people to do that make sure their pastor is preaching from the Word, because if there's any power here, it's because the other finger is here. Otherwise, there's no power. On this second Sunday in Advent uh, from this text, too, I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if As a result of God's Word today, there was a setting free that occurred in your soul and your spirit. Maybe in your own heart and life, there is some besetting sin that is just, you've had a hard time getting rid of that, letting go. And I found wonderful help in this text in Ephesians 4. Would you stand again as we read from Ephesians 4? I'm going to start reading with verse 20 to introduce the text here. Ephesians 4, starting with verse 20, But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard Him and have been taught in Him, just as the truth is in Jesus. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness, and the holiness of the truth. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, You'd take that Word now. And would You strengthen my brothers and sisters and myself too, that we would put off that old man, be renewed in the spirit of our mind, and allow that new man to allow Christ to live in us. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. Through the preaching of George Whitefield in the 18th century, Robert Robinson was saved out of a background that was gross and godless. Robinson was in his young 20s. In fact, at the age of 23, in the year 1758, he was led of God to put into print his own testimony in the hymn words, Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. A little time later, Robinson defected. He left the claims of Jesus in the dust and he lived like a carnal and godless man until one day he stepped into a stagecoach that was occupied by a woman whose face was buried in a book of verse. She did not know him nor he her, but she began to read this particular poem. And she said to the stranger, listen to this. Come thou fount of every blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. And he sat there just surrounded by guilt. And then she got to the stanza. Prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And he said, Stop, stop. I am that poor man who composed that verse many years ago, and I would give a thousand worlds to enjoy that relationship that I had then. Robert Robinson was a man who had experienced the new birth in Christ. But in some way, he was led back, away from Christ, back into sin. And the Apostle Paul in our text describes the need that in the believer's life that we experience this daily renewal. So my prayer would be that the Holy Spirit would help those of you who are trusting in Christ to put off that old man and to let that new man live. First of all, in verse 22, you've got an old self that must be laid aside. In this eris tense in the Greek, it looks at that old flesh, that old Adam that we're Born with, and it looks at it and it says, Just put that thing aside. There is nothing worth salvaging in that old flesh. In Romans 6 6, Paul tells us by inspiration of the Holy Spirit how we could do that. There he says, Our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. You and I can't put off the old man on our own. It's only by the crucifixion and what Christ did for you that he can set you free that you have to no longer would be slaves to sin. Without Christ we just live in sin because that's what we normally do. And then in verse 11 of Romans 6, Paul talks about the application of it to see yourself or reckon yourself or consider yourself dead to sin but alive unto God. Luther talked about the ongoing meaning of baptism in the Christian's life is to daily drown the old Adam and let the new man come forth and live. And why do we have to drown that old Adam? Because he's a really good swimmer. <laughs> he wants to live. He wants to control your life. Why put him to death? Look at the verses before our text. The old self was part of your former manner of life, Paul says like the Gentiles without Christ live. Verse 17, in the futility of their mind, useless thinking. Verse 18, darkened in their understanding, an unclear purpose of what life is all about and God. Verse 18, they're excluded from God. They don't have God in their life. Why? Verse 18, because of the ignorances in them. There's no knowledge of God except for a darkened understanding in the conscience and some from creation. But think about that even today, what man does with that. He has totally discounted a creator and given all the credit to an evolutionary process that has no chance of ever working. Because he doesn't want to an answer to the living God. And then he says in verse 18, "They become hardened of heart. How does that happen? By denying the design of a snowflake. Denying the design of a rose. Any kind of design in life, you become calloused like if you shovel too much snow without gloves. Calloused and pretty soon you can't feel it anymore. And then verse 19 says, given over to sensuality to practice every kind of impurity with greediness. Boy, does that sound like life in America today. And then on top of that, look at what verse 22 says. The old self is still being corrupted. It is under progressive decay. It's constantly being influenced by something else that's at work to make it worse and worse. One commentator says the old nature is not static. It doesn't remain the same, but it is dynamic. It's moving toward the pit of hell that's the old flesh, the old atom that every one of us has. It was in March of 1994 that there was a German tourist that checked into a hotel near the Miami International Airport. And that night in his room he noticed a foul odor. The travelers have to put up with discomfort, so he slept in the bed that night and didn't complain to the front desk. Well, the next morning when he awoke, the odor was even worse So he checked out of the hotel and he reported the problem. And on Friday, March 11th, there was a maid that was cleaning the room. And she found the source of the odor. Under the bed was a corpse. That sounds horrible. But the truth of the matter is that every one of us has like a corpse living right within this body. The old fleshly Adam that's decaying and stinking and corrupting and wanting to lead us into slavery. And that's why Paul says, when you look at that old Adam, there's only one thing to do. Put him off. Ever have a decaying potato under your sink? There's only one thing to do. Put it away. (laughs) Get rid of it. There's nothing worth salvaging. When Jesus died on the cross, He defeated the power of your old nature if you're a believer in Him. And we don't have to live that way. We can put Him off. Secondly, you need to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Us Finlanders like to get clean by having a sauna, but I haven't had a sauna for so long. I confess that I don't look very clean this morning. But this is what we need in our mind. We need a spiritual sauna to cleanse these minds. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Notice that it's in the passive voice. It doesn't say... You transform your mind. It says, be transformed. That means that we can't do it. God has to do this. Have you ever tried not to think about something? (laughs) That's hard, isn't it? Be transformed. God has to do this. And notice that it's in your spirit, that part of you that's capable of a relationship with other people and with God. That's where this takes place. And why do we want, need to be transformed? It's because these old habits, these old habits want to come back in and get control. There was a man who was riding down the street one day on his bike and he came across a, a boy that had a lawnmower for sale. And uh, he was interested in that lawnmower. And as he talked over, the boy was kind of interested in his bike. So instead of, you know, paying some money, that well, maybe we just work out a little trade here. And uh, the man said, well, before I make the purchase, I better make sure that this thing works, you know. So he bends over and he pulls a couple of times. He said, well, this lawnmower doesn't run. Well, the boy said, "Uh, I forgot to tell you, but he said, uh, in order to start that mower, you have to swear at it a few times. Well, the man said, son, you don't understand. I've been a preacher for 23 years and I don't even remember what those words are. The boy said, tell you what, pastor, he said, if you just bend over there and keep pulling, it'll all come back to you real quick. That's the way the old nature is, isn't it? It'll come back real quick. And that's why we need to be transformed in our minds. And I'm glad that God has given us means For that to occur. When we're baptized into Christ's death and His resurrection, His death was your death for your sin. And His resurrection was your resurrection to a new life when your faith and trust is in Him. And when you come and partake of the body and blood of Christ, in that means, you are partaking of His body, His blood, That was given for you to cover and remove your sin. And you are loved by Almighty God. That's the great wonder of Christmas, isn't it? That God would come to earth and die for your sin penalty to set you free? That's our God. And then He's given us the chief means of grace. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. That acrostic. The chief means His Word that we can open up. pastor and I had a father-in-law who was Norwegian. And he had some pretty good Norwegian wisdom. His motto in the morning was, no Bible, no breakfast. No Bible, no breakfast. He wanted to start his day and let the Lord transform his Norwegian mind by this book. And you know what? That's what you need too. I need it every day. There's power here to transform our thinking. You know, when you listen to it preached, as Pastor Franz declares the truth of God's Word, there's a cleansing that happens in your heart, in your spirit, in your soul. Jesus said to the disciples, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And if you go a step further and start memorizing this word of God, then you start to fill your spiritual arsenal. So when the enemy comes to tempt, you have something to do battle with. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You have that arsenal there. That's part of the transforming. And then you can go a step further like the psalmist did when he talked about meditating on the Word of God. Getting it in. And then like a cow, to let it go down to the stomach and then bring it up and let it go down and bring it up and let it go down and chew on that Word. In a view from the zoo, Gary Richmond, the former zookeeper, had this to say. He says raccoons go through a glandular change at about 24 months. After that, they often attack their owners. Since a 30-pound raccoon can equal to a 100-pound dog in a scrap, I felt compelled to mention the change coming to a pet raccoon owned by a young friend of mine, Julie. She listened politely as I explained the coming danger. I'll never forget her answer. It will be different for me. Bandit would never do that to me. Three months later, Julie underwent plastic surgery for facial lacerations sustained when her adult raccoon attacked her for no apparent reason. Then Bandit was released back into the wild. And the writer says, Sin too often comes dressed in an adorable guise and as we play with it, how easy it is to say it will be different for me. But the, the, the results are predictable. How many a young boy, teenager, man has looked at a magazine that he shouldn't look at or gone on the Internet and looked at pictures he should not look at and said, well, that won't get a hold of me, and now is addicted to pornography, messing up and controlling his life. And maybe that's one of you. Or how many women have been addicted to romance novels and soap operas and refused to live in daily life and Try to respect the man that God has given, but live in your imaginations. Be transformed in the renewing of your mind. To have God's thoughts take away the old thoughts and to put off that old man. Thirdly, Paul says in 24, you need to put on the new self. Again, this is in that aorist tense and when the Apostle Paul looks at that new man that Christ has purchased and created within each believer when they're born again or born from above, he says, you know what? That one you want to put on. (laughs) That's the one you want. My wife and I travel a lot as we go to our AFLC churches and uh, usually when I rent a car, I'll rent the compact or the cheapest because most of the time I get an upgrade anyway. And a few times when I've gone to get my cheap rental, they'll look at me and they say, well, is a Dodge Charger okay? Well, yeah, I guess we can take a Dodge Charger for the same price. (laughs) You know what? When you're given a Dodge Charger to drive, there's only one thing to do. You drive it within the law. But you drive it. You know what? If you've repented of your sin and have your trust in Jesus and you've been given the new, new man, Christ in you, there's only one thing to do. Put him on and let him live in this life. Not the old, old flesh. F.F. F. Bruce, the commentator, says, be what you are in Christ. Be what the calling of God has made you. You're hearing me now. I'm not saying trying to do better, right? Trying to work at it? No. Be what Christ has made you. Your new self, in verse 24, has been created in the likeness of God. That's the new Adam. The new man. It's not God, but it's created in the likeness of God. Notice that. In Colossians 3.10, which is a parallel portion to this Ephesians verse, it says, the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him is being renewed. In other words, this new man that you're given in the new birth is in process. It's not completed yet. Your salvation was completed when Jesus died for you and you repented and received him. You are justified by grace through faith. But the living out of this in a daily basis, this sanctification, that's a process for the Christian. To put on the new self and let Christ live through you. Also notice that the new self is created in righteousness you remember what it said about the old man? The old one was the one that was still being corrupted. And you remember which direction it was going? Dynamic toward the pit. Created in righteousness. That is God's work. Think about 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. The old has gone, the new has come. Or verse 21, God made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in Him. That's the new man, that new nature that's yours. That's who you are in Christ. That's why Paul says in Romans 6.11, Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive to God. Through Jesus Christ. Back in the uh, Old West, there was a cowboy who worked very hard during the week. And that cowboy was very predictable in what he would do. He would work all day, all week at his job. And then on Friday night, he would go into town and he would go to the bank and he would get his pay. And then he would go down Main Street. And as he'd go down Main Street, his first stop was into the saloon and he would get a few shots and get half-snockered up. His next stop was at the theater to feed his flesh. And then his next stop, the way he ended the night, was the house of prostitution. And that's what the cowboy did. That was the cowboy's life. Work hard during the week. Then he would go to the saloon then to the theater, and then to the house of prostitution. But then, something happened to the cowboy that's going to happen to every one of you. And it's going to happen to me. The cowboy died. And they put the cowboy on a horse-drawn hearse. And it happened to be a Friday afternoon evening. And that horse-drawn hearse went right down that main street. And as it was going down the main street, it went by the saloon, but the cowboy didn't go in. And then it went by the theater, but the cowboy didn't go in. And then it even went by the house of prostitution and the cowboy didn't go in. And the cowboy didn't go in because the cowboy was... Dead. Say it with me. The cowboy was dead. See, that's what Paul is saying in our text here and in Romans 6. See yourself to be dead to the saloon because that's not your life anymore as a believer. Is the temptation still there? Every day. See yourself to be dead to the theater to feed the flesh. See yourself to be dead to the house of prostitution. Or see yourself to be dead to the romance novels and the soap operas. See yourself to be dead to the R and the X-rated movies. Or see yourself to be dead to the pornography on the screen. You don't have to live that way. That doesn't have to control you. Because Jesus set you free from that. That's not your purpose anymore. Your purpose is not to feed the flesh and become a slave to sin and wind up in hell. Your purpose is to glorify God. The one who came and died for you to set you free. You've got a new purpose in life. And then he winds up in verse 24 saying, This new man is created in the holiness of the truth. You remember what the old flesh was? It was under the influence of deceit. Think about the long line of believers that have fallen for deceit. David watching a neighbor woman bathe. Samson deceived by a woman. Judas deceived by some shiny stuff. King Saul deceived by starting to think well, maybe he really was somebody after all power. This new man is created in the holiness of the truth. And the truth is in Jesus. It's created to be like Jesus. In Christ, you are holy. You're set apart to be a vessel of truth. Be what you are in Christ. Let Jesus live through this life that he purchased. Andre Sue Peterson, who writes in World Magazine, contemplates the living out of this biblical mix for the believer as she and her husband recently experienced a change in their home. She writes My father in law moved in with us from Michigan. This is rubber meets the road time. At the end of the first two weeks, I said to my husband, I have been kind and tender-hearted toward your husband for two weeks now, but what happens when he starts to see the real me? <laughs> my husband replied, so you plan to stop putting on Christ at some point? And so in the conclusion of her article, listen to what she says. But the truth is, I am not my dark side anymore. It's not fraudulent to be slow to speak or gentle of demeanor. To consciously put on these godly behaviors is actually a biblical command. Put on the new self. Obedience is not hypocrisy. It's new creation time. I try it on for size and I walk around in it and I foresee no plans to stop at some point putting on the mind of Christ. Rubber meets the road time. What's your rubber meets the road time right now? We all have them, don't we? To put off the old man? What was the second one? Be transformed? And then thirdly, put on that new man. Would you bow with me in prayer? Thank You, Father, for the power of what You did by setting us free at the cross. Thank You, Jesus, that You are the victor. And when our faith and trust is in You, We too are victorious because of You. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.